0: We hunker down, keep warm, and stay cozy. Harsh icy weather, then wet weather, warming mud, and blazing heat from the sun. The frantic pace of the summer fades seamlessly into the frantic preparations for winter. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Where I live, I find the easiest way to get to good hunting grounds is by silently paddling my canoe for several miles down the slack water on the river where I live. Given that many of the species I seek are crepuscular, that is to say most active at dawn and dusk, I adopt a similar schedule, heading out either a half hour before sunrise or a few hours before sunset until the end of the hunting day. I relish these quiet paddles. I practice a modified version of Canadian-style canoeing where I keep my canoe paddle in the water at all times to avoid the splash, drip, drip, plunk of a more typical canoe stroke. I also slow my progress down so that I avoid gurgling water on the bow or under the hull of my canoe. With my body poised and my stroke refined, I can propel myself gliding effortlessly and silently around bends and over flooded backwaters and skirt along ice sheets fresh from the previous night's frost. For a while, I can blend into the chatter of squirrels, the rustle of turkeys, and the drumming of partridges. That is, until I pass an ever-vigilant beaver who sounds the alarm with a slap of its tail, a sound like a cannon's report echoing off tree and rock for a mile around. My cover is blown, and instantly I feel as out of place as a spruce needle stuck in a knit woolen sock. I can do nothing but laugh. Late October is the peak of beaver activity. Leaves have by now mostly turned a blaze of color and have been shed to the wind to dot the river's smooth surface with gold, red, and rusty brown. The leaves' nutrients, having been pulled back into the tree from which they came before they shed, make the bark that much more nutrient-rich for the bark-eating beavers. Busily, they work to put on the final layers of mud and sticks to their lodges and to fill their larders full of fresh branches and twigs to ensure they are warm, secure, and well-fed for the long winter ahead of them. All this work must be done before the rivers, ponds, and streams freeze over and lock the beavers into a winter of either swimming in the water beneath the ice or snoozing in their lodges. In our area, I have noticed that beavers are as discerning in their tastes for tree bark as sommeliers in Napa Valley are about their wine. I have never noticed beavers chew down a coniferous tree of any kind. Instead, they seem to have a strong preference for alder and birch. I suspect that the soft, clear grain of both of these woods is as satisfying for them to chew as it is for me to whittle with my penknife. Both of these woods also have rather thick and plump inner bark. Our local black cherries and choke cherries, the other predominant deciduous trees on riverbanks around here, have thin bark that is quite pungent, some might say acrid, in aroma. Evidently, this aroma is not lost to these riparian rodents. I always find it an incredible fact that beavers are rodents. Sure, they have the characteristic large incisor teeth and the propensity to chisel away at their food, but I picture rodents as small. Mice, voles, and squirrels come to mind. Beavers, on the other hand, are anything but small. A large male beaver fattened up for winter can weigh an astonishing 60 pounds. So this weekend, you too can go out and explore the waterways of our fine state in search of the busy beavers as they prepare for the long winter ahead. I would suggest going out at dawn or dusk when the beavers are most active. Be sure to pack a thick wool sweater and a change of dry clothes for safety. The water and air can be quite chilly out there. If you aren't so inclined to brave the cold of a late-season paddle, you can instead think fondly of the beavers while you make your own preparations for the oncoming winter. You can find a link to the full transcript of this show, as well as references, contact information, and accompanying photos by visiting archives.weru.org. You can also listen to or download our features or subscribe to podcasts. Theme music was by Apileated Woodpecker, made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of (laughs) phenology.